Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick concludes the message entitled, Winning the Battle Through Worship, taken from 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 7 through 17. This message was taught at the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us five of eight things we need to know in the midst of our battle, including a touching story about ministering to his next-door neighbors while serving on the mission field. On this broadcast, he finishes that story and then brings us the eighth and final thing we need to know. And now, here's Brother Rick. And you know what the Lord dared to say back to me? He said, take them some money. They can't pay their rent. And I said, good. That means they're going to evict them. He said, you didn't hear the first part. You take them the money and pay the rent. And I walked over there, and he looked exactly like a pit bull owner. He had his hat cocked sideways. His face had enough piercings. looked like he fell head first. He had tattoos explaining what his other tattoos. His britches hanging on only by a thread and the grace of God. And he's wearing a wife beater and I could count every rib. And he says to me, hey, dude, what you need? And as hard as it is to believe, I felt weird. (laughs) He looked weird. I felt weird because now I got to tell him I'm hearing voices. (laughs) (laughs) It was the weirdest thing, brother. And he come out there. I said, come on down here. I was like, Jehoshaphat, come down here. His neighbors, I don't want them to hear this. And I said, I was sitting in my house praying. Really, dude? I'm like, yeah, dude. And the Lord told me to give you this. And I stuck it out. He said, that's money, dude. I'm like, hey, hold it down. I don't want everybody in the neighborhood to think this is my normal modus operandi, you know. He said, why are you giving me money? I said, believe me, I didn't want to. The Lord told me you needed this. He said, dude, that's exactly how much we need to pay rent. I said, really? I already knew that. I went on another mission trip and I come back and lo and behold, I pulled in the yard. All the way from the airport, I'm thinking I got to mow my yard. I hate to mow the yard. Some people love lawn care. I don't even understand them people. I, I would pave my yard, paint it green if the paint would stay on it. But anyway, I don't want to do yard care. And the Lord said, I want you to mow your neighbor's yard. I said, please, Lord, I don't even want to mow my yard. I'm thinking about getting somebody to mow my yard. I don't want to mow their yard. See, sometimes God's wanting to restore other folk. So I didn't ask them to mow the yard because I didn't want to tell them I'm hearing voices. So I just went out there and mowed it. And is that how you ever mowed the yard where you had to hold the mower back? uh, I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. Jesus coming before I get done. And while I'm mowing, his wife comes out. I never met her before because I was out taking the gospel to the world. And my neighbor needing Jesus. She come out, thank God she looked better than him, of course, that's relative. But anyway, she said, what are you doing? 
I thought it was obvious. I said, I'm, I'm mowing your yard. She said, why? I said, do we have to go there? <laughs> it needs mowing. You know what she said? She said, I saw your mower over in the yard, and I wanted to ask you, but I didn't know what kind of fellow you was. And I said, neither do I. <laughs> None of us know what kind of fellow I am. He's changing me. I said, just go on in the house. She said, Adam's in jail. That's tattoo boy. He's in jail. The Lord wanted to restore some folks through what you're going through. But you get so self-focused. I continue to mow, and all of a sudden I hear this little fella. He screams out, hey, because I was getting in the rhythm there. And I look, and here's this little fella. He's about 10 years old. And he said, hey, buddy. And I said, hey. He said, what are you doing? I'm thinking, this family's slow. Mowing the yard. The Lord said, hire him. I'm hiring for what? Making me mow the yard. Then the Lord, see, the Lord don't speak to me. Thus saith in King James. He tells me stuff like, shut up, sit down. I understand I don't need translation for nothing. He said to me, are you going to rake this yard? I'm like, of course not. He said, then hire him. So I said, hey, uh, can I hire you? Yeah. I said, I want you to rake his yard. He said, I don't have a rake. He said, you got a rake? I said, yeah, I got two of them. I got a new one and the one you're going to use. He went and got my new one. <laughs> he come around and he raked, and I went to my yard finally. Thank you, Jesus. When I got in my yard mowing, he come running around there. He said, sorry it took me so long. Raked the yard. He said, My mom and dad's in prison. I just get to talk to him on Saturday. I was going to give him $10. What do you give a kid his mom and dad is in prison? I'll tell you what I gave him. I gave him everything in my wallet. I have no idea because I was crying so hard I couldn't tell what it was. I can tell you this it caused him to jump about that high. It was amazing. And off he went running around. And those I've completely flipped out of my mind. Because either I dread it so bad I'm crying or I'm happy and it looks like I'm happy and nobody gets that happy mowing. And <clears throat> a few minutes he come back and said, I want you to know I didn't waste your money. I bought clothes for school. It's about this time. Long story short, a couple, three months pass and it's Halloween. They knock on my door and the wife says to the little kid, they got another little kid about that tall named Rackin. She said, tell Papa, trick or treat. Papa. Somehow I become Papa. Sister Gail, just showing the love of Jesus in the midst of an uncomfortable situation. Some of the people you're trying to pray out of your family, your life, your neighborhood, your job, God's prayed them in. You need to realize restoration is more than about you. In closing, number eight, and I don't get real excited because I close two or three times. That's my favorite part of the message is closing. Number eight, build you an altar in your home. Why? Because you can't survive just at the altar at the church. 
When me and Debbie got married, we were both the baby of our families. <laughs> I'm the baby of 14 kids. I had six sisters, therefore I had seven mothers. As I'm the baby, I was rotten to the core and past the core, whatever's inside the core. And I still am. Can y'all pick up on that? They still pet me like I was five. And I just grin because I love it. Debbie was spoiled rotten too. Baby of her family. And then we marry. How many of you know it's a recipe for World War III? I remember when we used to have heated fellowship. Have the keys and run out and get in the car. And our car was so weak and bad that it wouldn't peel out on asphalt. So we'd have to get in the gravel just to show how frustrated we was and then we go right around Dairy Queen twice and do a victory lap because our parents told us we couldn't come back a day we left oh and we used to do that two or three times a week one day I come in feeling good my wife wasn't feeling so good how many of you know if your wife's not feeling good you better fake it and act like you don't feel good even if you feel wonderful I hadn't learned that yet, Brother Owen. <laughs> I come in in a joking mood, and she wasn't. And she don't communicate. That Women do not communicate. They think men are smarter than they are. <laughs> See, if you're a woman, you ask your husband, what are you thinking? He says nothing. He's trying his best to be honest to you because we can think about nothing for hours. <laughs> y'all women don't have that ability. So y'all think we're lying to you, trying to hold something back. Now we're trying to make up something so we don't look like a moron. But I come in, and she was standing against the wall like this, and I said, what's wrong? She said, nothing. How many of you know when they say nothing like that, something is wrong? Now, I'm at that time that I don't know what's wrong, so I just say I'm going to go in my room and think about what I did. I don't have no idea what I even done. You need to fill us in. Give us clues, something. But that day I was feeling real good and I went by and the storm clouds were gathering and I knew that a storm was coming. So I went by and there was keys on top of her purse so I picked them up. I thought that was funny at the time. But when I picked up the keys, I put them in my pocket because I knew how the pattern went. She grabbed her purse, I'm done with you, out the door, try to find gravel, throw it. Dairy Queen. And she grabbed her purse and went outside. <laughs> and I reached over and locked the door. Another flash of brilliance that I thought was funny at the time. She got in the car. It looked like a one-person yard sale going on. She's throwing stuff. And when she looked up, another flash of brilliance hit my mind, and I f shook my keys. <laughs> she got out of the car. Rather quickly. At this time, I wanted to let her in, but blood and murder. <laughs> in fact, I'm telling this story looking this way. I really kind of like for y'all to give me a report of what's going on over there now. But anyhow, she's standing outside the door. I'm standing inside the door. <laughs> We've been married less than a month. And she started laughing over something. I have no idea what got her tickled. Maybe just how goofy I looked or something. But I started laughing too. I still to this day, we've been married 41 years. I have no idea why she was laughing. But I laughed like I had never heard such a funny story in my life. 
because it kept me from getting killed. <laughs> and that day the Lord spoke to me and said, you need to get one of those boxes at work. And I said, what boxes? And he said, those boxes where those roly-poly chime balls come in at Fisher Price. I was driving a forklift. I said, why do I need one of them? He said, to put in his closet and start praying every day so you don't die. So I teach you how to live. And I made me a family altar. Forty years later, I still have a family altar. Now it's my car. I pray in my car. I'm so thankful for cell phones because for 20-some years I've been talking in a car. People thought I was out of my mind. Now they think I'm on a business call. But anyway, that's the reason I'm here today because I had a family altar to fight the battles on instead of riding around Dairy Queen. Bow your heads with me. I'm closing again. I want them to come to the music. How many of you right now is in the midst of a battle? Would you just lift that hand again like you did earlier? Brother Rick, what's the answer? Pursuing the devil? No, 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 no. The answer is raising up an Ebenezer right where you are. If you lifted your hand, would you just stand to your feet? Nobody knows what your battle is. Just stand up. Just signifying that you've heard from God in a moment of crisis. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.